Ladies and gentlemen, this is America's Healthcare Advocate. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Your guide to protecting your personal health. Bringing you simplified answers to the complex questions surrounding healthcare. Everything from cancer to liver transplants. Nutrition. Exercise. My yoga and Pilates instructor, Dana Goodale. Mental health and even pet care. Dr. Wayne Hunthausen, Westwood Animal Hospital. Empowering you to take control of your health and wellness. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. But Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy. Just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. And now, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA from my kitchen once again. <laughs> yes, times are different right now. Uh, so we are broadcasting from the kitchen. Darren Wilhite, my producer, is remotely available. We're very happy to have him back. And I am your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened to talk shows throughout the United States. By the way, we are now on 202 stations. We've just added two new affiliates. I want to say hello to WLVL AM and FM in Buffalo, Niagara Falls, New York. We're very happy. We're going to be on there Saturday from 11 to 12. I want to thank Frank Miller. And also, we are on WIZM AM and FM in La Crosse, Wisconsin. We're going to be airing there on Saturday from 7 to 8. Um, and we want to thank Scott Shaw for all of that. So our team at um, Radio America uh, does a great job, and we're very uh, pleased and happy, and thank you for these two stations for joining our family and our broadcasts, and hopefully they'll uh, enjoy what they hear here today. All right, if you want to follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you can do that at America's Healthcare Advocate, America's Healthcare Advocate, also the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Now, the shows are posted for podcasts. They're on the website, and they're also on podcasts on TuneIn, iTunes, Speaker, SoundCloud, um, etc. And I got text messages after last week's show from people in Chicago, people in California that were listing on the podcast. So I guess the podcast is becoming somewhat more uh, um, popular, I guess you could say, with a lot of folks. You can listen when you want to listen. So anyway, the shows are posted on podcast. If you want to tell somebody or go back and listen again, you certainly can do that. So again, this is our third show in our ongoing series on the coronavirus. Uh, we're gonna and, and we're gonna get into a lot of different topics today, everything from your health to some humor to you know what's going on in the marketplace, etc. We'll chat about all that. But before I do that, I got an awful lot of calls uh, recently from people who had been laid off, furloughed, or simply lost their jobs um, and, and trying to find out what they should do about health insurance. So I'm going to give you an example. We had a teacher call who her husband lost his job. Their health insurance was through his job. And she had the option of enrolling in the school plan, but it was very, very expensive. And his cover was very expensive. Well, I put her in touch with Joyce Thompson over at RPS BBDI, 
she had a $1,700 subsidy available to her, and we were able to get her an ACA Obamacare policy for her whole family. Why am I telling you about that? Because I want you to understand that if you get laid off or you lose your job, you're furloughed, whatever the case may be, you may qualify for a subsidy, and you certainly would qualify for the opportunity to get an ACA plan. So if you want to know whether that's a good move or not, whether COBRA's a better move, um, the folks over at RPS BBDI can help you anywhere in the country. The phone number over there is 913-385-2224 or 877-385-2224. Ask for the lovely Joyce Thompson, and she will be happy to help you because folks are struggling with this issue right now. And some states even have their own open enrollment period right now. So you have 60 days if you for the special enrollment if you lose your job or furloughed to move over to an ACA plan. But some states have reopened up their open enrollment. You have to go up on the state website to find that out. So just information you need to know. All right, let's start off with uh, uh, kind of go back a little bit to something I talked about two weeks ago, and that was how many companies were working on the uh, COVID-19 vaccine and, and antibodies. And there were 19 companies that were doing this. Um, here's a little update. Johnson & Johnson said, along with the Division of Health and Human Services, they are putting $1 billion into research and development and clinical testing. Um, and they are, they are advising that the companies that are doing this are either going to provide the drugs free or at cost. Pretty amazing, isn't it? So here's another interesting story. Regeneron. Um, is in the process of developing an antibody vaccine. And so let me give you this little bit of this story. It's pretty interesting. On March 15th, the latest string of weekends consumed by the company's hunt for a medicine that could knock out the virus, spearheading this effort was Dr. Christos Ketranos, a drug discovery chief for infectious diseases, who said the rapid response platform formed that was put together for 2014 Ebola in epidemic in West Africa, basically let them use that platform to go after this thing. So here's what they did. They found that they they had these mice, and the mice uh, make antibodies indistinguishable, indistinguishable from humans uh, when working with them with a compound ready to test for people in months and years that might take months and years using this compound and using these mice. They're able to do this very, very quickly. So they, they did all of this, and at the end of the day, this was pretty interesting. Um, he, he had just reached out to his boss and said, you can now come, he texted his boss, Dr. Yiannopoulos, uh, at 2.45 in the afternoon and said he just got off a conference call and walked into the lab. As he entered the lab, he saw Dr. Christos smiling. He texted a colleague and said, bring a bottle of champagne. Data showed they had found hundreds of antibodies that blocked the virus from entering cells. It, it couldn't enter and it couldn't replicate. The treatment was still far away, but now it was in sight, so they popped the bottle of champagne. He said, my head was in a rush, but we've got it. Regeneron Chief Executive Officer Leonard Schiffer recalls thinking after the Chief Scientific Officer gave him the details, the world is starting to fall apart, and if we can just hold on in that lab, we may have the cure in those tubes. How about that? 
How many of you have seen that story out there? My, my, my point in telling you all this, again, is what I try to do in these broadcasts is bring you a little bit different perspective than a lot of the stuff you're seeing in the media. Um, I, I think people are not hearing a lot of what is going on. And my sources for this kind of thing, and I source it through many, this particular article came out of the Wall Street Journal, but I used the Wall Street Journal, the Kansas City Star, the Epic Times, the New York Times, and Bloomberg, along with a lot of uh, web and other information that's verifiable. So the idea then is to let you know that, you know what, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Here it is, Regeneron saying that they've got this thing basically ready to go, and it, and it, they would choose. So they think they're going to have the antibodies for the drug in April. Okay, we're in April now, all right, and clinical trials by early summer preparing to make hundreds of thousands of doses for this by summer's end. Hundreds of thousands of doses by summer's end. And this is the, this is this antibody program that basically attacks the spikes. If you've actually seen the cell, they, it looks like it's got a, a head with spikes on it. What this does is it attacks those spikes so they cannot invade the healthy cells in your body. So that's Regeneron. That's just one, okay, of the 19 that I talked about. And as I said in the opening portion there, Johnson & Johnson, along with the Department of Health and Human Services, $1 billion. You know, and I had this conversation uh, with uh, a listener in California last week, and she said after I gave her this, and we talked about this a little bit, she said, yeah, but is it going to be affordable? Well, I just read you that Johnson & Johnson and the Department of Health and Human Services are saying, A, it's either going to be free or B, it's going to be a cost. They're not looking to make a lot of money on this. They're looking to find a cure. That's the issue here. Um, and it's going to be these companies that do this. And keep that in mind, okay? The next time you hear people criticizing uh, the system in this country that brings us the pharmaceutical companies and what they're able to accomplish because it's those pharmaceutical companies and what they're able to accomplish in those labs they're going to save the world. And I'll tell you what I believe. I really believe that there will be a cure. Dr. Fauci is already talking about people being able to go back to school in the fall, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to come from this country. It's not going to come from China, and it's not going to come from Europe. It's going to come from this country and from our advanced pharmaceutical network and research labs that we have here. All right. I'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate here on the HI radio network and broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. I'll be back with more. I'm gonna come back and talk to you about something called care mongering. You're gonna love this, care mongering, uh, and, and talk about what some people are doing uh, to help in this crisis. Stay tuned, we'll be right back with more after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Here on the HIE Radio Network, you can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Also, as I said in the opening segment, 
All the podcasts are up there on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spreaker, um, all of it. So if you want to listen to the podcast, I'm getting a lot of feedback on the podcast. Please feel free to do so. And I am getting a lot of feedback. I had a gentleman call a couple of weeks ago who had done a complete mathematical breakdown of the $2 trillion stimulus bill. So I know I know a lot of you out there are listening, and I hope you're finding this interesting and informative and helpful. Um, if you're at all interested in the Wabi Brain Scan uh, the website is brainhealthscan.com, brainhealthscan.com. Uh, if you're a provider, we have a turnkey system available. Uh, if And if you're someone that just needs a scan or thinks they need a scan, having cognitive issues, or maybe somebody that's got a child has multiple concussions, uh, the website, brainhealthscan.com. There are a number of videos up there. Dr. Moab Zavi's videos are up there, and there are some others up there. So there's a lot of information up there on the website. Um, if you want want to know more about it, go up to the website, reach out to Steve Sanborn, my partner, and he'll be happy to help you. All right. When I went out on the break in the last segment, I told you about a new movement called care mongering. Uh, this, this is pretty amazing. So th- this comes out of the Epic Times. By the way, this is a newspaper I just started getting about a month ago. Um, it's spelled E-P-O-C-H, Times. It comes out once a week. It's a great paper. has very different takes than what you see typically in the journal and other places, which is one of the reasons why I like it because it is significantly different in that respect. Okay, so a few weeks ago, Abbas Muhammad, a restaurant, restaurant's empire was bustling with stylish dinners, diners uh, packing a collection of upscale cocktail bars and country salons and pubs throughout Toronto and throughout Canada's capital. It, and, and then he talks about what happened after the pandemic hit. It, that, was, that was a weekend he said, I just couldn't sleep. I kept listening to the news and all the seniors who are going to be at home. They need food. What are they going to do? What, what's going to happen? They're going to be risking their lives. So Muhammad took action. He took $40,000 of his own money on March 16th and went out and purchased food, a lot of it. Yeah, for $40,000, he probably did, right? At sale prices and started Operation Romsey, which is his, named after his late mother. He set up a clearinghouse uh, the Waverly on Elgin is the clearinghouse, his flagship restaurants in Ottawa, and th- they had been voluntarily shuttered. What happened was he put out a call for volunteers. He said it just exploded with people that wanted to come and help. So while working, you know, working while still using proper social distancing, these volunteers filled the posh space and now stacked up crates and pallets with foods, boxes, pasta, bread, toilet paper, all the rest of it. They sent thousands of boxes uh, throughout Toronto to seniors. This dramatic operation was just one example of a care-mongering grassroots. This is started in Canada now. This care-mongering is a grassroots campaign that is out there. And here's what they say about it. It's the opposite of scaremongering. The opposite of scaremongering. How about that, folks in the media? You probably didn't see that one on any of the news channels, right? <laughs> because it is the opposite of scaremongering, scaremongering, by the way. All right. Here's another piece that I thought was kind of interesting. Again, this also came out of the Epic Times. Seven ways to stay sane while social distancing. And this really is kind of interesting. All right. So 
the, the article talks about, you know, how can we adjust and survive and stay sane during this crisis? And so, you know, I think you've heard me say, you know, my wife and I go out every day and we'll talk about that here in a minute and do walks. And, you know, what, what are we doing to get out of the house and, and, and as you said, stay sane? So, uh, you know, it can be easy to tell yourself nothing is really happening. However, if you pay close attention to what is happening around the world, you know that things can, can get out of, out of control very quickly if we fail to prepare and take precautions. So my advice is follow the official safety rules. In other words, social distance, wash your hands, wipe down packages you're bringing in the house. You know, you, you heard Dr. Larson talk about this last week where wipe down the credit cards, wipe down the, you know, you, Everything you bring in your home, you should wipe down if it's from an outside source, all right? And it says, so So these are some of the other things that are interesting they go on to talk about here. Limit your exposure to the news. While it's important to retain information about the latest developments, it's also easy to get caught up in the news, which feels more like anxiety and sets limits. So it, they're, they're saying set limits on your news intake. And this is one I have a problem with because I'm very bad at this. You know, I'm constantly looking at different pieces of news. But I have made a decision on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we turn the news off. We don't, I don't, I don't watch it. I want to have the weekend free of that stuff and just stay away from it. Uh, and it's been very helpful. Um, you know, here's another one. It says stay in touch. All right. So it's important for our mental well-being, especially since we're not able to see as many people as before to stay in touch with everyone. So I'm reaching out to friends all across the country, texting. I've been calling, uh, had long conversations with people, sometimes on the phone for 30, 40 minutes, just going, you know, what's going on in your life? What are you dealing? with my friends down in Texas, California, uh, around the country. So there are ways to stay connected, okay? They also talk about finding ways to contribute. And I just told you about that, that, that program in Canada called CareMongering, that there are lots of places where you can volunteer to bring groceries to someone, you know, leave them at home for them, or take someone to childcare or, or help a healthcare worker. So those are other things you can do. And this is another one that I think is really important. And we've done this establish routines. And this is something that Lauren and I have done. You know, I get up in the morning, I make the coffee, I go out and get the newspapers and get everything set up. And then we sit and have coffee, read the papers, you know, do a little Bible study in the morning. Um, and then after that, it's time to move to, you know, business. I have phone calls to make, business calls to make, or emails to do. That's what I do. And then, you know, we stop, uh, we have a light lunch, and it's time to go for a walk. If the weather's halfway decent, we try to walk at least a mile to two miles, you know, every day if we get out and do that. So the idea is to, you know, do some of these things. We also, have, you know, get together with neighbors. We're social distancing, but we do get together with neighbors and, and, and chat and, and do that kind of thing. Um, so, But the key there is that we've got a routine, and that's what they're talking about here. It's very important. A couple of the things that are kind of humorous, uh, tackle those projects you've been putting off. I think you've heard me mention that when we walk our neighborhood, I am amazed <laughs> at the number of landscaping and home improvement projects that are going on. I saw a man the other day that had scaffolding three floors up on his house, and he was actually doing the paint job. Uh, lots of gardening going on. 
Uh, it's just amazing to me. A lot of home projects are getting done. When you pull into the hardware store, you're finding the parking lot is usually pretty full because I think a lot of people have got the same idea. All right. When we come back to the break, we're going to continue this broadcast and chat more about things involving the coronavirus. When I come back, we're going to talk about the economy. And you're going to find this interesting, and I think you're going to find it pretty optimistic. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the H radio network coast to coast across the USA. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Ed broadcasting here coast to coast across the USA on the HIA radio network. You can find out more about us on the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Again, I'm going to remind you, if you have been laid off, furloughed, lost your job, whatever the case may be, um, you do qualify for a special enrollment period for 60 days for the ACA Obamacare plans. And like the teacher, that I talked about a couple of weeks ago, who reached out to me last week, um, she received a $1,700 subsidy and didn't have to pay a dime for their health insurance for a family of four. So those options are available. You can call 877-385-2224, 877-385-2224, uh, and the lo- lovely Joyce Thompson will help you. Or the website is rpsbenefitsbydesigninc.com, rpsbenefitsbydesigninc.com. Lots of information up there if you just want to send them an email. So we're going to talk a little bit about the economy in this segment, and this is kind of interesting. This article, again, came out of the uh, Epic Times. I thought it was pretty interesting. It was written by uh, Professor Vernon L. Smith at Chapman College. He just happens to be a Nobel laureate. Uh, In 2002, he received the Nobel Prize uh, for Economics. And this is what he has to say, because, you know, look, if you're, uh, you know, chronologically challenged, you've got a lot of money tied up in your retirement in the markets and a lot of other places. Um, This can be a little difficult to deal with right now. The markets are swinging around wildly up one day, down the next day, you know, whatever the case may be. But this isn't, and, and, and there are a lot of people out there predicting gloom and doom, you know, and, and, and so I thought it was interesting to get a little different perspective on this. So here's what he has to say. Reputation and esteem require us to take care, take care in being properly compassionate for our fellow citizens who, con- who contract COVID-19. Generally, we are focused far more on the downside and its costs than on the upside, its relief and eventual return to prosperity. Perhaps that stance better prepares us for what's to come next. It's always better to be pleasantly surprised than disappointed. So that's an interesting observation, isn't it? Because that seems to be where the focus is, the downside. You know, we're in a, we're, you know, we're, we're already in a recession. Um, uh, obviously, we're in a bear market. Um, it's going to take two years to recover. Or, you know, comments made like, well, we may never get back to where we were. He goes on to say the following. Businesses lost during the quarantine will tend to be small and young. 
Today's larger firms were at one time in the 1990s, many of those types of companies, small and young, and look at how they survived uh, if they didn't have to go through bankruptcy. He goes on to say, as the crisis unfolds, I don't think the decline in labor products marketing, that there's going to be a decline in labor and products. Rather, I think of it as a churn, he says, all right, and that survival uh, will be happening. We are neither a feeble society nor a feeble economy, really. I mean, I think we've been hearing that message loud and clear from the president and other people uh, in his administration. I think it's something we should take to heart. As the pandemic passes and we go back to work, the country will quickly recover. The economy will reach new levels of prosperity, and the crisis is going to be felt mainly by business offering final demand consumer goods and services. Don't despair. The economy and crisis will pass and quickly uh, once the clampdown is lifted, especially in if once the financial shock is reduced uh, by the different programs that are out there, uh, like the $2 trillion uh, stimulus program has been passed. So pretty interesting uh, to, to know that there is a message out there that says this economy which was the strongest in the world before this hit, is certainly going to continue to do well and going to come back and come back in, in this particular economist's eyes, who happens to be a Nobel laureate, uh, sooner and maybe stronger than we think. All right, we're going to switch gears now, and I'm going to talk a little about things you can do to boost your immune system. And these are health things that I thought were kind of interesting, and I pulled some of this stuff together. So one of the first things they talk about is eating a healthy diet. And we talk about that a lot, okay, that it helps your immune systems. But here, here's the thing that's, that, that I think is interesting to, to remember here. You boost your immune system by including plenty of fruits and vegetables, which are rich in vitamins, antioxidants, and phytochemicals. Flavoids, for instance, found in berries and onions, among other produce, uh, reduce the incident of upper respiratory infections. Duh. So what is COVID-19? An upper respiratory infection. Uh, vitamin C found in broccoli and kiwi um, exerts an antiviral immune response uh, as well as antioxidants and anti-infectious effects. This is part of the things that it does. Fermented foods like yogurt have lactobacillus uh, in them. And these are natural killers of cell activity and reduced risk of catching the common cold among the elderly. That would be us folks, the chronologically challenged, okay? So here's another one, specific superfoods like turmeric uh, and its active ingredients, uh, garlic, mushrooms, uh, can further support your immune system and your health. Um, so, you know, these are things that, that I think are interesting and things we can do to just you know, make ourselves healthier while we're going through this. Here's another piece that, you know, this is pretty obvious. Don't smoke. Um, this is a big deal. If you smoke, you're increasing uh, the chances of COVID-19 attacking your lungs. They go on to talk again about exercise and your immune system, why it's important uh, to exercise. We're going to do a show here in a couple of weeks with Dana Goodale, um, our yoga Pilates instructor, to talk about more about exercise and what you can do. You know, as I said in the other segment, um, Lauren and I try to go out every day and walk. We also work in the garden. Uh, 
<laughs> we've also cleaned out the basement twice and the garage once. So, and that, that was a lot of work, believe me. Okay. So, you, you know, there are lots of things you can do home improve, improvement projects, as I talked about in the previous segment, those kinds of things, but exercise is important and it also uh, allows you to boost your immune system. So that, that's, that, that's important to understand that and understand how it can help. Um, so, in addition to that, uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, it, it, when you're working at home, uh, don't sit in the same position for a long period of time. Uh, you know, I have a habit of doing that sometimes, and my partner, Steve Sanborn, uh, does something kind of interesting. When he has conversations, long conversations on the phone, he gets up and walks around. Well, I started doing that. <laughs> Um, instead of sitting in a stationary position, I will walk around here on the first floor of the house. Um, and, uh, you know, you're, so you're actually walking around, moving around and not sitting in the same place. Okay. Uh, they go on to, you know, in this, this piece that I'm going through here talks about, it's normal to feel stressed and confused and scared in this crisis, talking to people you, that you know you can trust can help, supporting other people in your community can help as much, it can help you as much as it does them. So let me give an example. Um, we have a neighbor uh, across the street who's in his 80s, um, and we do check in on him. Uh, and uh, as a matter of fact, I'll be doing some serious barbecue work this week, and we'll be taking over uh, ribs and pulled pork for him. So, you know, th that's something that, that, that I like doing, and it's something you can do to help somebody else. Um, check in on family, friends, companions. Uh, compassion is, is, is medicine. That's interesting, isn't it? Compassion is medicine. Uh, and the other thing they talk about here is try not to watch too much television. You know, try not to be, as I said, you know, we don't, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I turn the news off. I don't watch any of that stuff. Now, I watch CNBC to see where the markets are every day. Uh, you know, and I, you know, oftentimes I'll watch the briefings with the president and his team uh, and, and that kind of thing. But um, again, give yourself a break from that stuff and read. Okay. One of the things you talk about listening to music, you know, I find that when I'm working in my office, um, I have music on in my office. I put on smooth jazz and that's what I listen to instrumentals while I'm working. I think it helps. Um, and also reading, you know, I'm reading a, a, a new book uh, about Tiger Woods called Roaring Back. It's a fascinating book. Tiger Woods is a fascinating guy. Um, you know, so, so th there are lots of things you can do. Uh, to stimulate yourself mentally um, and not to get into a rut. And, and you know, I, I found myself doing a little bit of this in the very beginning. I was watching the markets like crazy and thinking, oh, my God, you know, what, you know, walk. I've walked away from it. And I've I've listened to people like Mike Wilson over at Morgan Stanley talk about again, a paper U-shaped recovery that we are going to come out of the thing and get back to where we need to. And you've got people like Dr. Fauci saying that, um, you know, he expects that schools will be back in place uh, by the fall. And so what else is going to change by fall? Maybe we'll actually have that NFL season we all would like to see happen. So I'll come right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting here on the HIE radio network, coast to coast across the USA. We're going to talk about what we can do to say thank you to all the people out there that are helping us. Stay tuned. I'll be right back after the break. And I know just what to do.
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting here on the HIV Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. All the shows posted on the podcast and on the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. All right, one more time, remind you, uh, brainhealthscan.com, that is the website for the Wabi Brain Scan. All of our information is up there. If you're a medical provider, you're interested in this, if you're a primary care, a neurologist, uh, whatever the case may be, go to the website. Some great videos up there and explanations of how the Wabi system works on cognitive issues, um, PTSD, concussion, etc. There's a lot of applications for this. It is FDA approved. Once again, brainhealthscan.com. All right. This is, we'll start off with a little humor. It appears that Nicolas Maduro may have found the cure for the COVID-19 virus. Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro said he was tapping into his ancestral wisdom when he shared on his official Twitter account a recipe for ginger lemon tea with purported, don't, I can hear Darren laughing in the background, with purported anti, uh-huh, reported that it will uh, kill the coronavirus. The strong man then fumed after the giant social media company removed his post uh, and censored the content. My God, he said, this thing is madness. Mr. Maduro, he called uh, the folks at Twitter imbeciles and stupid who made a decision to block a very important uh, uh, natural cure for the COVID virus. So we have nothing to worry about, folks, because Nicolas Maduro, the former bus driver, okay, has tapped into his ancestral knowledge um, and through his new lemonade, uh, we're going to uh, kill the coronavirus. I just thought you all. I really thought you ought to know that because I thought uh, that was pretty good. All right. Here's another uh, piece out of the New York Times that it made me think. I, I thought it was worth sharing. This article goes on uh, to talk about a, a gentleman who said, I am a garbage man, wrote a California man who calls himself Jester D. Uh, I can't work from home and my job is essential to the city and it must be done. As Americans begin to feel the effects of the Wuhan coronavirus, his series of tweets uh, enthralled tens of thousands. Jester D. described the onerous nature of his job uh, in San Francisco, from getting up in the pre-dawn hours to the physical toll it takes on his body, addressing the city's panic. Peeking out of People are peeking out their windows at him. He emphasized doctors and nurses are going to keep doctoring and nursering. These are his words now, okay? Uh, us garbage men are going to keep collecting the garbage. You know, yeah, how about that? How about those garbage men that come through our street every week and pick up the garbage and the trash? Um, when you go to the grocery store, the people in those checkout counters, if they weren't there and they weren't in the lines bagging your groceries and, and stocking the shelves and all the rest of it, you know, I make it a point to say thank you to them when I go in there now. I absolutely make it a point. In fact, we're even, I even put a table together out on my front porch uh, with a sign that said thank you to UPS, FedEx, um, the United States Postal Service, DHL, and all the rest of them. We put snacks out. I put it, They aren't the healthiest. I put M&Ms out and potato chips and all kinds of chips. But hey, if they want to grab a bag of M&Ms or potato chips, it's just something to say thank you. Because let me tell you something. Without these people... Without the truck drivers, uh, without the, we know what the frontline medical people are doing. They're doing a lot. And, and without them, this thing would be 10 times worse than it is. But there are all these other people that need to be thanked for what they're doing as well. Uh, and I think that, you know, I think that message is important for all of us to understand uh, that, that it is it is important to say thank you to people for all that they are doing. We're all in this together. OK. Uh, and. 
little gestures like that, saying thank you to people. Uh, you know, I, I, the, the, we're doing a thing here in Kansas City where from 8 to 9 p.m., they're asking citizens to turn on a blue light. So I went out and bought blue light bulbs, and I'm going to put them in a couple of lights on the front porch, and we're going to turn those on to say thank you. I have a doctor who lives right across the street from me works at Children's Mercy Hospital. That's our way of saying thank you to them for all that they are doing because there are some heroic efforts out there going on. Uh, you listened to Dr. Larson last week talk about what, you know, what these providers are doing, uh, the, the hours they're working, the difficulty, the issues with their family and all the rest of it. So, uh, you know, I think it's a time for us to focus on being grateful and it's a time for us to focus on all of those people that are making making survival during this period possible and doing what they can to help us get through this, whether, again, it's the truck drivers um, or, or the people in the grocery stores or the doctors in the hospitals. It's important to understand that, uh, that there, there's a lot of good being done out there. And here, here's another story I think you'll find kind of interesting. NASCAR driver Colin Garrett, who's 19 years old, teamed up with two Virginia distilleries, Springfield Distillery and Bondurant Brothers, to provide free hand sanitizer to nursing homes, hospitals, police, and fire departments in South Central Virginia. This is pretty cool. So you'll love this. He can't race because of the lockdown, but he's excited to get behind the wheel and support his community in a different way. He actually started personally delivering these sanitizers to nursing homes, uh, medical providers, first responders, and all the rest of it. So how is that for uh, an idea of a NASCAR driver delivering your, uh, your personal, <laughs> your personal um, uh, uh, sanitizer? So thank you for listening today, Shaw. I want to close out on one quick piece here, that, uh, and this I want to focus on something here that it's not particularly positive, but I think you need to understand it. If you've seen this piece by Ezekiel Emanuel, who's now saying that this coronavirus would go on for 18 months, I urge you to remember who this guy is, okay? He's Rahm Emanuel's brother. Um, he was one of the designers of the Obamacare, architects of the Obamacare program. Um, and this is also a guy who said that, you know, who believes that end-of-life treatment should be cut off at 75 because you've lived long enough. Um, I, I, I wouldn't spend a lot of time listening to people like Ezekiel Emanuel. I would spend a lot more time listening to people like Dr. Deborah Bricks, Dr. Tony Fauci, and some of the other people around this country uh, that are doing everything in their power uh, to, to beat this virus and, and get us through this and get us out of this. And you know what? I firmly believe that's going to happen. I believe in this country. I believe in what we're doing. And, and I believe in the strength of the people uh, that, that make this country up and how we have come together in more ways, I think, than a lot of people ever thought were possible. We saw this after 9-11. We're seeing it now, and I think we're seeing it in, in a lot different way. Um, I think you're seeing people exert more compassion and and and. and take care of others in a way that we haven't seen before. And so I'll close with, the, with this thought from Dr. Martin Luther King. Americans must learn to live together as brothers and sisters, or we will surely perish together as fools. I don't think that statement could be any more true than it is today. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America. Hey, hey, hey.